we're going to read from the Bible, Acts 1 verse 4 to 8. Acts 1 verse 4 to 8 will be on the screen as well. And once, it says, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not up to you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The book of Acts is all about the disciples plus many more going out to regions and cities and winning salvations for Christ. The thing is, they didn't do it with Jesus, though. Jesus had gone. Jesus had, had uh, been crucified, resurrected, and all of that, all of that good stuff. But they actually did it with the Holy Spirit guiding them, protecting them, leading them, giving them power to see demons cast out and healings happen and so many more things. It wasn't through Jesus. It was through the Holy Spirit. So today we are going to look at how the disciples and many other, in, other people in the book of, use, of Acts use the Holy Spirit to help them and, and how we can actually use Him in our lives. See, so many great things happened back then personally, but I believe that they can happen today personally. I believe that, that through us, the Holy Spirit can actually use us to do awesome things in our lives and the people's lives around us. So I've named my message, The Answer. But what I want to do is at the start is I just, I know some of you may be in here today or, or some may know about the Holy Spirit and not 100% sure of everything. I'm, I'm asking you and myself the question, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Father who lives in us. And I hear people say that Jesus is inside of them. I hear people all the time go, yes, Jesus is inside of me, but that's not biblically correct. It's actually the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is inside of each and every one of us. And He's the one that lives and speaks through us. And when you become a Christian, you actually receive the Holy Spirit inside of you. As God has given us the Spirit inside of us so that He can speak through us and to us. I've got a lot of Bible today. I just want to tell you right now, we're a church, so we should have a lot of Bible. But this morning, I've, I've pumped it because I just really want like what I'm saying to be backed up, like, in the word. Like, so Matthew 10 verse 20 says, for it is not you who will be speaking, it will be the spirit of your father speaking through you. Although this can sound a bit full on, it's actually not because when the spirit speaks through you, through us, it will always empower us to live out the calling of God in our lives. It will always empower us to have those tough conversations. It just empowers us to actually go out and live like a Christian. So we live our life well. So, although it's a bit full on, it's actually the best thing that we could ever have. The Holy Spirit lives us in us to guide us, restore us, comfort us, empower us, and so much more to the point where Jesus says in John 16 verse 7, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate, which is the Holy Spirit, won't come. And if I do go away, then I will send him to you. So Jesus is telling us it's best I go away so that my advocate can come. The Holy Spirit, once again, is the Spirit of God put in us so that we can have a guidance to help us live out the calling of God and, the, and have, have someone to lean on in tough times and good times and every time 
in our lives. And I just want to, like, so Jesus says, it's better that I go away. Why, why is that? Well, if we think about it, Jesus, if he's still here, he's still alive, to see him, yeah, in 2023, it'll be, he might have a TikTok account or, or tweet, he might do a bit of Twitter, maybe do Instagram question. Imagine if Jesus did like an Instagram question thing, like, like just millions of questions. <laughs> it'd be hard. It would be hard. Like, and the thing is, okay, maybe I want to see him in person. I got to hop on a plane, fly to Israel. Probably not the safest place to go right now, like if we're real. So, but then you got to fly to Israel and then it's Jesus. So there's going to be a line, like a pretty big one. It'd be a few months, I would assume, maybe a year, like big line to see him. So then you have to quit work because nobody has that much holidays. And then, um, so you, you wait in line, but then he, he sleeps, he eats, he drinks. So like, you've probably got 14 hours a day of Jesus time. 14 hours a day, I would assume. Like, of, so once you get to him, after waiting months and years and flying to Israel and everything going on, you better hope you wrote down your questions. <laughs> because once you leave from asking Jesus your question, well you have to do that all again. So like you have to write down your questions. It's not an easy process. That is why Jesus says, I'm going to send an advocate so that it is best that I go away because this advocate is actually the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit doesn't sleep. He doesn't eat and is always available to us. The Holy Spirit is though just for Christians and not unbelievers, but he is always available and always for us. John 14, 15 to 18 says, If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you. He lives with us and now and later and will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. So Jesus is saying in that verse, he is sending us the Holy Spirit, which is another advocate who will never leave us. But when, but when he means another advocate, the Greek word actually says alos. And alos means another of the same kind. So Jesus was saying that the Holy Spirit will be just like me because he's not saying advocate that's like someone that knows what I'm like and acts a little bit and, and knows how I think. But he's saying another of the same kind, which means the Holy Spirit will be just like me. So what, what was Jesus when he was alive to people? He was loving. He was pretty kind. He was gracious. He was a leader. He was a guide. He was a comforter. He was a healer. He was a father. He was so many more things. So I could go on for three hours just about what Jesus was. So if Jesus was all of those things, and he's saying that the Holy Spirit is us, um, well, sorry, not is us. The Holy Spirit is him, but, but just another version. Well, then we've got the Holy Spirit, which is Jesus inside of us. And I'm sorry, I'm just going to need a drink. I'm getting a bit scratchy throat. It was just, it's been annoying me for like five minutes. Um, I understand that many people in this room would have heard or are filled with the gift of tongues. And the gift of, this, this gift comes from Acts 2, 1 to 4. And I will just say, we are a Pentecostal church, so we do believe in the gift of tongues. We do believe in the Holy Spirit and in this prayer language. But Acts 2, 1 to 4 says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. 
They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This day was a powerful day as a prayer language came out that all Christians can use between themselves and God. And from that day, speaking of tongues is evidence of the Holy Spirit being sighed. Yes, you can be filled. I just want to clarify, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and not be able to speak in tongues. There's not the evidence, it's a evidence. But this gift is open for all Spirit-filled people to have. And I personally use the gift of tongues all the t- daily. And it's a language between me and God, and it's unbelievable. And I understand that there may be people here that are interested but don't have the gift. Come speak to me or Pastor Nicky, and we'll happily run a night dedicated to speaking about that, that gift and just give more clarity around that and, and maybe give you, the op- and give you the opportunity to receive the gift of tongues. But, so please do talk to Pastor Nicky and myself, and we'll happily run a night sometime in the next couple of few months. But that is just one evidence of the Holy Spirit being in you. The Holy Spirit is for all Christians, though. So who is the Holy Spirit? Once again, He is God's Spirit that lives in us as Christians so that we can continue to do the work of Jesus. And the best part about it is when you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes with it. Romans 8 verse 9 says, You, however, are not in flesh, but in the Spirit. If in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. The Holy Spirit was discovered in Acts and was one of the largest, if not the largest, allies of the early church. As everybody in the book of Acts used the Holy Spirit to do unbelievable things for God, but it was always from being in tune with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes I think it's easy for us not to be in tune with the Holy Spirit because it's so easy for us to get information. It's like, it's so easy for us to move to the next step. Like, it's just so accessible now. So it's so easy to go, I don't need the Holy Spirit. I can do it on my own because it's as easy as it ever has been. But the thing is, when that happens, I know we always find ourselves in trouble. We always say the wrong thing. We get angry. We go to the wrong place. And then we're upset where we are in our workplace. And and it just always ends in trouble when we don't do it with the Holy Spirit because we do it our way. And our way usually ends up in mistakes. But all along, we could have just gone to the Holy Spirit and He could have guided every step we take. He could have guided us in every conversation that was had. See, the Holy Spirit is our aid and our biggest ally. It's not just an act of the early church, but it's actually now. And I want to give you this analogy. If I'm an accountant, I I did a bit of a few accounting subjects probably three years ago, my degree. Um, If I didn't bring my laptop to work, couldn't do a great job. Wim is like, oh, you loser. I could have done a great job. I don't need a laptop. But uh, they teach you now the only way with a laptop. Uh, So um, if I'm a carpenter or a tradesperson and I don't bring my tools, I can't do my job properly. If I'm a doctor, I don't bring my heart rate monitor and everything that I need, my telescope or whatever it's called. What is it called? I don't know. Stethoscope. Ah, yep, that thing. Uh, (laughs) Telescope. Imagine that, just like into your heart, like just like. <laughs> uh, no, but if I don't bring, oh, if I don't bring my, um, if the doctor doesn't bring his tools, he can't do his job properly. The Holy Spirit is like that in life. We can't do the job as a Christian properly if we don't use the Holy Spirit. We don't bring him into every area of our life. So when we are in tune with the Holy Spirit, which is inside of all Christians, we will be able to show them love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the fruits of the Spirit found in Galatians. I know I want all of those. I know if, if that's what the Holy Spirit inside of me is, and I don't have to show languor, but I can show anger, I can show patience. Well, I want that. So today, I want to encourage us to get in tune with the Holy Spirit and actually trust and follow Him, either for the first time or again, as I be- or again maybe. As I believe that if we want to see great things, if we want to get out of our frustrating and challenging situations, we actually need to go to the Holy Spirit daily, not just on a Sunday, not just on a Monday night if you do devotions or family devotions, but every day we need to go to the Holy Spirit because He will guide you, He will lead you, He will take you to where you need to go. And Acts shows us that when we use the Holy Spirit, He will guide us, He'll comfort us, He'll restore us, He'll empower us. And as everybody that was used in God in the book was aided by the Holy Spirit in one of those areas. So today I want to look at, and, and my, my goal today is for you to, to, to be reminded that you can use the Holy Spirit every day, that He will guide you. So I'm going to be speaking about guiding, comforting, restoring, and empowering, and looking at how in Acts He used them to do that, and then how you can do it in your life, because you need to take the Holy Spirit into everywhere you go. So the first one is the Holy Spirit guides us. In every season, in every challenge, He will guide us. Um, a, lot of, a lot of you may know the story, some of you may not, but I had a plan when I finished, uni- well, about before I finished uni. I had a, I had a great plan to, um, to get a job and um, because I was dating Tiana for four years and she was very ready to get married at that point. I, I, was, I was like, ah, let's just keep going. I worked at Subway. Um, so she was very keen and I was like, okay, well, I need a full-time job because Subway's hours weren't great. They, they weren't good at all, actually. Um, I would find out on the Monday what I would get on the Wednesday. Uh, so terrible management. Shut down now. Um, so teachers then. No, no, no. Um, but I failed, but I had one more subject to go and I failed that subject. And I was pretty devastated because all my plans were gone. So I had a great plan. I had, okay, finish uni, get a full-time job at a bank, and then that will be awesome. But then the thing was, I failed my subject, and I had to reset it for another six months. Not fun. I was in the world. I was not too sure what to do. So what I decided to do is I'm going to go on a 21-day Daniel fast. And um, on that Daniel fast, um, I just ate vegetables and just no food but with taste. Um <laughs> 21 days. I lost some weight, which was good. Um, but, um, and, and I just gave it to the Holy Spirit. I said, Holy Spirit, I need you now. I've had my plan blow up in my face. I need your plan to come. So every, and then on the 21 day, I get a, a phone call. Or I had a conversation with someone. I, I get an interview for a job, and I end up getting that job. And that job, to be completely honest, was one of the best jobs. Well, it was the best job. I would still be there now if, it was, if I wasn't called here. Like, that job was unbelievable. I, like, I could have stayed there for my rest of my life. It was fantastic. And, and I love him. My boss is here. He's, he's over there. My old boss, he was a fantastic boss. Um, he, he grew me so much. And, and that was all because um, I, I just let the Holy Spirit guide me. I know I wouldn't be in the place I am today if I didn't let the Holy Spirit guide me, if I didn't actually go, Holy Spirit, I've had my plan, but I need to actually go to your plan. Please guide me in the steps I take. So, and I love this story in Acts that because it shows us he will guide us. Acts 8, 26 verse 30 says, 8 says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go, to, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down for Jerusalem to Gaza. 
So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury and the Candake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, he was sitting in a chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the, the prophet. The, the spirit told Philip, go to the chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked, how can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Then Philip began with that, with that passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my, me being baptized? And he gave orders to, the, to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water and Philip baptized him. Because Philip followed the Holy Spirit, he was able not only to lead someone to the Lord, but he was also able to baptize them. The Holy Spirit was able to guide him to that area. But if Philip was not open to hearing the Spirit, then he would never have had the experience of leading that eunuch to the Lord. And even worse, the eunuch may have never been led to the Lord. But, but the thing is, Philip actually was obedient. Philip was searching for the Spirit and was led by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit hasn't gone away since, since then. He's still with us. He can guide us and He will guide us. The thing is, we just need to be open and willing to hear from Him. And sometimes we can just be trained to block Him out or just go on our way. Or sometimes we do hear Him and we go, that's, that's a bit much, Lord. Um, I'm not going to be doing that. And, and so we hear Him and then we go, well, I'm not doing that. That's way too much. That's too unknown. That's too scary. But the thing is, I look at this story. Philip was asked to go to a chariot. Like, that's a bit weird. Like, there's a massive amount of persecution at the time. Like, you go into a chariot, I could see there being fear. It's a bit unknown. Like, why, why do I need to go there? Like, I'm happy, safe here. But the thing is, Philip trained himself. You know what, Lord? And Philip realized when the Lord guides you, where Holy Spirit guides you somewhere, it will always work out well. So, Holy, so Philip went, I'm going to go. Yes, this is weird, but I'm actually going to go because I, I know that when the Holy Spirit speaks to me, it's always for good. And I can tell you that when the Holy Spirit guides you to a place, it only turns out for good. It may not feel at the time, but you will look back at it and go, that's why that happened. And you could be like Philip and you could be guided by an employee. You could guide, sorry, you could, you, if you listen to the Holy Spirit like Philip did, you could guide an employee, colleague, family member or neighbor and actually get them saved. Or maybe he'll actually guide you into another phase of life. I understand there may be people here today that are just so frustrated in their workplaces that are just going, how do I get out? Maybe, and, but but you, you're trying to get out by yourself. You're going, okay, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. And you're just so frustrated and you're like, what? And, but the Holy Spirit's going, hey, just come speak to me. Maybe I'll guide you. Maybe he is trying to work on something in your heart. Maybe an attitude thing. I'm not too sure. Maybe he is going, okay, let's look at the next phase of life. I don't know what it may be, but the thing is, there's a lot of people here that probably have just tried to do things on their own without going to the Holy Spirit and actually letting him guide them. Maybe you're in a challenging situation and you need his voice. You need his guidance. Whatever it is, just go to the Holy Spirit. Because I know that's what we will need to actually get out of our, spirit, our situation. And I want to touch on this. There is one thing, hearing the voice and being open to the voice, but there's one thing, acting on what he's told you to do. I encourage you, there's no point being open to the Holy Spirit and then going, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit speaks to me. And you're like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Because that's just wasted his breath. Like, 
realistically, like, you've got to act. There's no point just listening and hearing from the Holy Spirit, but you need to act on what the Holy Spirit says. And it will always turn out for good. I encourage you once again, it always turns out for good. And I recognize that there'll be people here today that need to be reminded that the Holy Spirit guides us in every season. And I know that if you're open to Him, He will guide you. He will guide you to see many people saved. He will guide you in what to say in tough conversations. He will guide you in whatever you need Him to guide you in. But you just need to turn to the Holy Spirit to actually guide you. Philip was able to see one man's life change because he was open to hearing from the Holy Spirit. And that's the same Holy Spirit that guided Philip in that situation is the same one that lives in you and me. John 14, 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. The Holy Spirit will guide us. We just need to actually go to him, then act on what he says for us to do. And it will be the right thing. The next one is the Holy Spirit restores us. Everybody that was used by God in Acts was restored by the Holy Spirit in one way or another. Some larger stories than others, but they were all restored in one way or another. And that is why the story of Paul was so amazing. Pastor Joe spoke about this story last week, this conversion. If, but if you weren't here or you're unaware of the story, what it is is um, a man named Stephen, a Christian man named Stephen died and great persecution broke out against the church and Saul was one of these people. So what Saul did is he got a decree so that he could go out and persecute all Christians. And on his way to, to a town to do that, he had an encounter with God that changed his life. And, but let's read on from there. And, he, and in that encounter, he got blind. But let's read on from there. Acts 9, 10 to 18. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. For he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done for your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with the authority from chief, the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again and got up and he was baptized. Through the Holy Spirit, Saul was able to be healed and restored. And it wasn't in a 10-week how to change your life series. It was in one moment. One moment that he came in and Ananias was obedient to the Holy Spirit and changed this Saul's life. One encounter. And that was just because Ananias was obedient. And I, I personally believe if you look at it, so Saul, yes, he had the encounter with God. And, I, and he it does say brother, so he is a believer um, if Ananias is going, hello, brother. But um, what I believe is Ananias' obedience actually caused Saul to actually go out and preach. Because as we read there, when the Holy Spirit told Ananias to um, go to Saul, Ananias said, I, I, I've heard what this man's doing. So if, if Ananias had heard what this man is doing, then Saul would have realized, yes, Ananias knew. But 
Ananias still was obedient and went to him. That would have spoken volumes in Saul's life. That would have been like, oh my goodness, this guy knew that I was trying to kill Christians, but he still came and healed me through the Holy Spirit. And that was all because Ananias was obedient to the Holy Spirit. And we, through the Holy Spirit, have the power to see people restored, but it comes through obedience to Him. It comes from being in tune with the Holy Spirit. And I know that everybody here needs knows someone that needs to be restored by Christ. Maybe it's yourself, maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's a family member, it could be anybody, but, but we need to be reminded that the Holy Spirit restores us. And because of Ananias' obedience to the Holy Spirit, he was able to restore someone through the Holy Spirit. And that person ended up doing so, so, so much for Christ. We need to be reminded today that the Holy Spirit restores people. The next one is the Holy Spirit comforts people. The Holy Spirit doesn't just guide or restore us, but He actually comforts us. We all go through some down points in life. Maybe sometimes it's to do with a certain situation. Sometimes it's just not. Sometimes we are just down and it just doesn't seem to be working out. And the questions in those times are already there. On Friday, I remember I was preparing for this message. And um, I was in my room and I just felt sick. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And I'm not naturally, like, I don't really get anxiety. Like, I can count on one hand how many times I've felt this feeling. But I was just so uneasy. Like, I was sitting there, like, I just, like, I, I was about to vomit. Like, I don't know what was going on. Like, I was just like... What's happening? And then I remember that it was around 3 p.m. in the afternoon. I realized, oh, this is, okay, this is an anxiety feeling. So what I did, all I did is I knew that I needed, I needed Holy Spirit. Um, so what I did, I shut my office door, I put my AirPods in, and I just prayed. I just went, Holy Spirit, I need you to comfort me right now. There is such an uneasiness in my soul. I went to Tiana. I was like, Tiana, I'm feeling this. And I'm like, I've never I felt this like three times. And she prayed for me. And, and it was just unbelievable. And just the comfort and the peace that happened. I had to preach at Warner that night. And I was stressed about that. And I, all of a sudden, there was just a comfort. And I, and I know that it's because I went to the Holy Spirit. I went, Holy Spirit, I can't do this. I can't do this on my own. I need you to actually comfort me. I need your peace to come into my life. And there was such a peace over that. And there was 15 salvations at Warner that night. So that's pretty cool. Um, so I just want to say that it's awesome. Um, but I want to remind you today that the Holy Spirit does comfort us in those situations. Not in a way that enables our emotions, but in a way that peace can come. And in Acts 9, Saul had been converted to Paul and he was preaching the gospel to many people. But it says there was still a lot of persecution happening and around that, around that time. And they even tried to murder Paul. So it was not an easy time to be a Christian in Acts. And I would imagine that in, in that, there would have been a lot of Christians that were fearful, hesitant to speak out their faith, and pretty just like, just uneasy. I would have imagined that. But Acts 9.31 says, the church had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and it became stronger as the believers lived in fear of the Lord. And with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it also grew in numbers. In a time where so much persecution was happening, it says that the church had peace. That despite everything to happening to them and people around them, there was a comforting spirit on them. And I don't think that peace and comfort was there because they were going through a rough time and God felt sorry for them. But I actually believe it was there because the Christians at the time had a fear of the Lord. It says that in that verse and wanted to live righteously. And because of that fear of the Lord, they always turned their eyes to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I need more of you. Holy Spirit, guide me. Holy Spirit, comfort me. Whatever it was. And because of that, a peace came and, and 
the Christians didn't just go with their flow, but they put their trust in God. The Holy Spirit will provide peace for us in tough situations. He will comfort us when we need it. But for that to happen, we actually need to go to the Holy Spirit and not run away. It's so easy to isolate yourself in those times and just go, I just need to get through this by myself. But go to the Holy Spirit. Actually go, God, Holy Spirit, I need your comfort. Holy Spirit, I need your peace. Just start praying every morning. If, it's, if you just need comfort, wake up and go, Holy Spirit, give me comfort. Give me peace today. So yes, you may be going through some tough things. Yes, there may be life challenges. And I understand that sometimes life can hit you hard. But I want to encourage you today, turn to the Holy Spirit and just let Him comfort you. Rest in His presence. Let peace come through Him. As when you do that His way, that's when the peace will come. And the last one is empowers. The Holy Spirit will guide us, restore us, comfort us, but He also empower us to go out and do great things for Him. That is, that is what is so evident in every chapter of Acts. He empowered the people. From the very start, the disciples were sent out to preach the gospel, to heal people, to restore people, and to change people's lives for Jesus, although the only way they were able to achieve that is through the Holy Spirit empowering them. They knew that they were empowered by the Holy Spirit to actually go out and do that. Because when they were faced with a challenge, they didn't run away. They actually took that challenge on through the Holy Spirit's empowerment. And this is so evident of just as the day, sorry, this is so evident as just after the day of Pentecost, Peter spoke a sermon and let's read what happens. Acts 2 verse 38 to 41. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourself from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Peter received the Holy Spirit, realized the power that he had in him, and spoke a sermon that got 3,000 people saved. The Holy Spirit empowers us to preach the Word. The Holy Spirit will actually empower you to take on that workplace that you're, that you're not too sure. The Holy Spirit will empower us. When the Holy Spirit guides you, it doesn't just guide you and go, good luck. He actually guides you into a situation and then will empower you in that situation. He will actually take, give you the words to say. He will speak through you. He, he will comfort. He will be your strength when you need strength. He empowers us. In Acts 1 verse 8 says, But when you receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This empowerment wasn't just for the early church, but it is for us, for our generation. And I understand that life isn't comfortable as a Christian at the moment, and sometimes it can be kind of tough. But I can tell you right now, it's a lot easier than the book of Acts. And we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, so we need to go out to our workplaces, go out into our family, show people who Jesus is. May I please have the band up? None of the testimonies and great stories in Acts would have been possible without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guided, He restored, He comforted, He empowered everybody in that book and fantastic things happened for God. And it wasn't like it was all easy. There was many major challenges that I hope you and I don't have to face, like really. But you see, they understood the power that was in them. They understood that they had the Holy Spirit to lean on, the Holy Spirit to lead them. And 
And yes, it's so easy to, to not lean on him these days. We have, so, it's so easy to have ex, uh, information, ex, so accessible information that it can be so easy to forget about the Holy Spirit. But the thing is when life decisions need to be made, when an opportunity to let someone know about God comes, when challenges arises, we need to actually go to the Holy Spirit. We need to let the Holy Spirit guide us in those conversations. We need to let the whole and ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, please through me restore this person. Holy Spirit, whatever I need to do for this person or wherever I need to go in, in work or whatever I need to do, I need to go to you, Holy Spirit. Because he will comfort us when times are tough. And he will empower us when we need to be empowered. See, we've got a superhero of the Holy Spirit in us. And sometimes it's so easy to forget. Can I please have everybody stand? Sometimes it's so easy to forget that the Holy Spirit is the answer in our lives. And as, as I have said so many times, He lives inside of all Christians. He is so easily accessible. We just need to turn to Him. We just need to actually train ourselves to go to Him. And I understand there are people here today that need either a word from the Holy Spirit or need to be comforted into the Holy Spirit, maybe even restored in the Holy Spirit. And I'm believing today, I'm not going to do an altar call, but the band is going to sing that song, Pour It Out. And I'm believing that the Holy Spirit is actually going to be poured out on you. I'm believing that today where people have just gone, I've felt this uneasiness. I've needed comfort for so long and it hasn't come that today that comfort is going to come that peace is going to come I believing that today if you make the choice I'm going to be in tune with the Holy Spirit daily not weekly that he is going to move in your life like you've never seen it before that he's going to guide your path maybe it's the move out of a workplace maybe whatever it is that he's actually going to move in your life today I know that we all need a bit of the Holy Spirit every day and I'm believing today that his power his presence is going to come out and do something unbelievable in your life. So Holy Spirit is just going to fill you up again. So Holy Spirit, I pray right now for everybody in this room, Jesus. I pray, fill us up, Jesus, Holy Spirit. Fill us up, Lord. Give us words that we need the words of. Holy Spirit, I pray right now, Jesus, that, that whatever we need from you, you do to us, Jesus. I pray right now, Jesus, that we can walk out empowered by you. I can pray right now, Jesus, that you guide us today, Jesus. Holy Spirit, guide us, lead us, comfort us, restore us today, Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill up this room in like a way that we've never felt. Holy Spirit, we need you. Pour yourself out on this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship. Holy Spirit. Yeah.